Shalom to all. Today's office Yvonne Mustaf Tzadi Alf. We are starting the sixth line at the two dots. And today's office sponsor Lili Nishmas, Mars Miriam Sar, Basim Yaakov Maisha, her Nisham should have an aliyah, and Lili Nishmas, Rebech Mil Mardachab, and Rebchayim, his Nisham should have an aliyah. And the Mishnah said, Vain Yarshav Shalzev, Yarshav Shalzev, Yarshav Subasa. Let's remember we were talking about the Mishnah where the woman's husband went overseas. She heard that he died. She remarried somebody else. Turns out that he was really alive. So now she has to leave both husbands. She doesn't get a Ksuba, so on and so forth. And now the Mishnah was telling us that neither of their Yarshim are going to get her Ksuba if she dies. Ask Mark Subasa, Maya Vita, why are we talking about her Ksuba at all? We already said that she lost her ksuba. Why would we think that the Yarshim get her ksuba? So Amar Papa answers, "Beksubas ben indichrin." We're talking about the ksubas ben indichrin, and that's a chiddush. What's ksubas ben indichrin? So ben indichrin literally means male children. This is a built-in stipulation that the woman's ksuba is designated for her children in the event that she dies before her husband. For example, Reuven's married to Leah, has children, then she dies. He then marries Rachel, has children, and then he dies. The ksuba originally earmarked for Leah, the first wife, is given only to her children and is not considered part of Reuven's estate. That's equally divided among the children for both marriages. What we're saying is that those children don't even get that ksubas ben indichrin. The Gemara's pshita, that's obvious. Why would you think they get it? We already said that she lost her ksuba. If she lost her ksuba, then she lost this stipulation, which is built into her ksuba as well. The Gemara says, no, Ma'adutema, you would have thought, since she didn't isser, she married someone she wasn't allowed to, so we're going to kanas her, and therefore she doesn't get her ksuba. But Lazar, why should her children get a kanas? Why should they lose out on what's rightfully theirs? Kamash the chiddush is that they also lose out on that. And we had said, if both the husbands died, the brothers have to do chalitza and not yibum. The Gemara explains, The brother of the first husband would do chalitza, that would be chalitza dairaisa. The reason why he would not be allowed to do yibum is only midrabanan, because midrabanan, technically he should be allowed to do yibum, because his brother was the real husband. Whereas, The brother of the second husband would have to do chalitza, but that's only midrabanan. Midrabanan, he really doesn't have to do chalitza, but midrabanan, he needs to do chalitza. That's just so that other people who think that she was really married to the second husband don't think that she's able to go free without chalitza. However, yibam's not allowed to happen, not midaraisa, not midarabanan. Now the Mishnah continued, Rabbi Yisui Aymer Ksubasa Nechzebaya and let's remember in the Mishnah that there was three Tanaim that argued with the Tanakama. Rabbi Yisui, Rabbi Lazar, and Rabbi Shimon all argued with him. Rabbi Yisui said her Ksuba comes from her first husband's estate. Rabbi Lazar said that the husband does get to keep what she finds, what she produces, and is allowed to be made for her Nadarim. Rabbi Shimon said that Bir or Chalitza from one of the brothers potters the Tsara, and the child is not a Mamzer. So now we're going to have two ways of looking at this progression of these three Shitas. So Amrav Huna, he's the first way of looking at this. The later Tanaim agree to the earlier Tanaim. The earlier Tanaim do not agree with the later Tanaim. Reb Shimon, Reb Shimon would agree to Reb Lazar, and Reb Shimon would say that the husband gets to keep what she finds, what she produces, and is allowed to be made for Nadarim. Why is that? Because when we're talking about Bia itself, that would be the main Isser. The main Isser would be that they're not allowed to live together, they're not allowed to have a Bia. And even in that scenario, he says that we don't canast them, and therefore Yibam is allowed to happen. So when we're talking about her metzias or that which she produces, that's just considered a monetary discussion. For sure, we're not going to cast them on that. And of course, Reb Shimon would agree to Reb Lazar. Whereas Reb Lazar, Reb Lazar would not agree to Reb Shimon because Reb Lazar would say, when we're dealing with metzia and maasiyadayim, that's just a monetary discussion, so we're not going to cast them. When we're dealing with an actual bia, that fits under the category of proper iser, so then we're going to cast them and we're not going to allow yibam to happen. And both of them agreed to Rabbi Yaisi. Remember, Rabbi Yaisi says that her ksuba comes from the first husband's estate, meaning she does get her ksuba and she doesn't lose it. Both Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Shimon agreed to Rabbi Yaisi. Why is that? Because Hani, the Yasvatuse, Loikhanis, these that she's getting while she's still living with him, we're not going to canass her that she's not going to get it. Vachalshikan ksuba, for sure she's going to get her ksuba, she only gets a ksuba when she leaves the marriage. In other words, by allowing him to retain these rights that we've mentioned previously, we most definitely are not encouraging them to separate. So for sure she would retain the rights to her ksuba, which anyway is only paid on the way out of the marriage. Whereas 
Rabbi Yesi Loimadul Rabbi Yesi does not agree to Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Shimon because Ksuba del Meshkol Mepa Kudalikanis a Ksuba which she's getting when she's on her way out of this marriage anyway we're not going to Kanas her and we're going to let her get the Ksuba Avolhani Diyasvet who say Kanis but regarding all these other things which are encouraging them to stay married then we're going to Kanas and we're not going to allow her to receive them or him to receive them. Now that was Rav Huna's explanation, saying that the later Tanaim agree with the earlier Tanaim. Rabbi Yechanan, Rabbi Yechanan says, Kamai The earlier Tanaim agree with the later Tanaim, but Basrai The later Tanaim do not agree with the earlier Tanaim. Rabbi Yaisi Madulei Rabbi Lazar. Rabbi Yaisi agrees Rabbi Lazar because Ksuba Demidi Deiladi Da Laikanis Ksuba, which is something that he has to give to her. We don't kenas her, and we say that she receives that Ksuba. The Kol Shekin Mitziasu Masiyadeh Demidi Deiladi Day. For sure, we're not going to give a kenas the other way around. Something that she has to give to him. Of course, she would have to continue giving it to him. Whereas Rabbi Lazar Loi Reb Lazar does not agree to Rabbi Yaisi because Mitsiyasu Masyodea who demidi dolidi de loikanis Mitsiyasu Masyodaim is something that she has to give to him, so we're not going to canast that. Abal Ksuba demidi dolidi da kanis, but Ksuba, which is being given from him to her, we're going to canast her because she doesn't deserve it. And Uchavayu, both Rabbi Yaisi and Rabbi Lazar, Maidule Reb Shemin, they agree to Reb Shemin because Umahani demachayim loikansi, with these things that we previously mentioned, there is no canast even though both of them are alive. So Bia delacher misa, like Halshakain, when we're talking about Bia of Yibum, which is talking about after the husband died. Anyway, of course we're not going to kenas and we're going to allow yibum to happen. Whereas Reb Shimon, like Maidul, who Reb Shimon does not agree to them because biyahudul acher misa likeanis a yibum that's happening after misa, so we're not going to kenas that because he already died. Avolhani demichayim kanis. But all these things that are going to happen while the husband is still alive, then we're going to kenas them and we're not going to allow aksuba and we're not going to give mitzias or masiyadaim to the husband. And the Mishnah said nisus shleibershos. So the Mishnah had mentioned two potential reasons why she got married and what the outcome would be. Shleibershos means that two adim told her that her husband died, so she went and got married without. Outgoing to Bezdin. That's Shaloiber shows Bezdin, but she had to aid him. Now, in this case, she can go back to the original husband. The second option is Alpi Bezdin. That means that one aide testified that her husband died, and Bezdin gave her the approval of remarriage. Now, in that case, she's not allowed to go back to the original husband. Sigmar tells us, Omrav Hunam, Rav of says, Bashem Rav, Hachi Hilchasa, that is the halacha. That if she got married based off of Aidim, but she didn't get the approval from Bezdin, she's allowed to go back to her husband when he comes back. Now, Omrav of Nachman, Rav Nachman told him, Why do you have to sneak past everyone? Why do you have to trick everyone like a Ganav does. Why are you telling us that this is in the name of Rav? Israel Chakreb Shimon, if you hold it this Reb Shimon's opinion, why don't you just say that Halacha is like Reb Shimon? Because it sounds like you're going like Reb Shimon. Reb Shimon was the last mentioned Tan in our Mishnah, and this is the next statement right afterwards, so it seems to be that this is Reb Shimon's opinion. And if you're going to say, well, if I tell you that Halacha is like Reb Shimon, that's Mashma that Halacha is like Reb Shimon, even in his first statement, which is that Yibam's allowed to happen. So if that's what you're concerned about, Ema, you should have just said halacha Reb Shimon Bachreino. The halacha is like the second part of Reb Shimon's statement, not the first part of his statement. The Gemara says, "Kashi, you're right. We should have said that." Now, Amr Rav Sheshes, Rav Sheshes comments on this halacha b'shem Rav. Amino, I say, "Kinaim Shachiv Rav Amr Lahashmaito." It must be that Rav was dozing and sleeping when he said this. It can't be that Rav said that this is the halacha because halacha mechlal depligi. By saying that this is the halacha, it implies that someone argues with that. But my havlal mevid, what would you want her to do? Mianus ansa, she's a complete ines. If two Adam come and said that her husband died, why should she not believe them? Why? Should she not get married to someone else based off of those Adim? So why would someone argue with that halacha? So it doesn't make sense that Rav would say this is the halacha implying someone else argues with it. But Aiden, another reason why it doesn't make sense that Rav said this is because Tanya Waverbrisa, Kalaraisha Batira and Srihasimanuget. Anytime we have two people that are considered Arias and they live with each other, they don't need to get from each other. Chutzma Ashes Ish Shinisis Alpi Bezdin, except for an Ashes Ish, they got married based off of Bezdin. What does it mean she got married based off of Bezdin? Meaning one aide came and said that her husband died, she went to Bezdin, and Bezdin said you're allowed to get remarried. What do we learn from? Here, Alpi Bezdin, who the Baigita, she would only need to get from her second husband if she got married Alpi Bezdin. But Alpi Adim Loi Baigita, if she got remarried based off of Adim, she would not need another get. Now, money, who's that Brysa like? Elim, if you want to say Reb Shemin, it's Reb Shemin. Alpi 
Bezin Bibayaget. According to Rav Shimon, if she got married, Alpi Bezin, which once again means that one aide came, testified their husband died, and Bezin allowed her to get remarried. According to Rav Shimon, what she really need to get? Vatani, we have a brisa. Rav Shimon and Rav Shimon says, Asu Bezin Bahirasan. When Bezin Paskins, she's allowed to get remarried based off of Eid Echad, we treat that as if it's Kizadain Ish Beisha, a married man and woman living together by Esser, meaning they were Mizana Esser, and Alpi Edim, if she got remarried based off of two Edim, we treat that Kishgagas Ish Beisha, as if a married man and woman had lived together by accident, it was just a Shaygig. Now, Edivi Edi, Loi Bai Get, in both of these cases, we don't need to get. Meaning, in both of these scenarios of Znus, intended and non intended, she would not need to get from the one she was Mizana with. So, too, Reb Shimon wouldn't require her to receive a get from husband number two in either case, whether she got married based off the testimony of one aid with Bezin's approval or the testimony of two aid him. So the first brass, it can't be Rab Shimon because it's Sicer what Rab Shimon just said in the second brass. So El Lavin must be Rabbanon. He that the first brass is the Rabbanon. And so we see the Rabbanon don't argue in such a case. So how could Rav say the halachas like this, implying someone argues? No one argues. Everyone agrees, both Rab Shimon and the Rabbanon. Sagamore says that's not valid because the Eilim Rab Shimon, he really, that first brass could be Rab Shimon. I but we had this issue that the first brass, it can't be Rab Shimon because it's contradicting the second brass. So we'll have to re understand the second brass. But to Tahi, let's try to understand that what the second brass is saying is as follows. Rib Shimon and Rib Shimon says, Asu Bezin by Rasan, then when Bezin Paskin, she's allowed to get remarried based off of the testimony of one aid, that's like Kikavanas Ishbaisha, when a man lives with a non-married woman with Kavana to marry her, Ubayaget, and then in that case they would need to get because that's a regular marriage. And I'll be Adam when she gets remarried based off the testimony of two Adam, that's like Kishalai Kavanas Ishbaisha, when we have a situation where a man's living with a woman, but they have no intent to be married, they're just living business, Vilai Bayaget, and then she would not need to get in that case. And then the second price is not contradicting the first price, and they could both be Rab Shimon. Now, Ravashi Omar Ravashi says we understand the second brisa a little bit differently. The second brisa is just talking about Isser and it's not talking about get at all. This is what the second brisa is saying. Also, Bezin by her Asun, when Bezin Paskins, she's allowed to get remarried based off the testimony of one aid, that's Kizadain Ish Beisha, like a man living with a married woman Beisser on purpose, Umitzrael Baila, and now she's Asser to her husband. And I'll be Aiden when she gets remarried based off of Aiden, Kishegas Ish Beisha, that's just like a married man and woman living together, and that's just Shagig, they don't realize that they're married, but Loi Mitzrael Baila. And that she's not usher to her husband. And once again, Ravashi's explanation of this brisa has nothing to do with a get, so therefore we don't have a steer with the first brisa, which is talking about get. Tadi Alpha and on top, we have another way of explaining the second brisa. Ravina Amar, he says, in carbon katani. The second brisa is talking about carbon, it's not talking about get. Asu Bezin by Rasan. When Bezin Paskin, she's allowed to get remarried based off of one aid, that's just like Kizadain Ishbi Isha, when a married man and woman live together on purpose, the Loi Masya carbon, and she would not bring a carbon in that case. And I'll pee Adem when she gets remarried based off of Adem, that's Kishkagas Ishbi Isha. When a man and a woman live together, that's Bishaygig, who master carbon, and she wouldn't have to bring carbon. Once again, it has nothing to do with get. Now, all these answers were the same idea. The first and second brasa that we quoted were both Reb Shimon. The Gemara suggests a different answer. Vibayazam, alternatively, we could say, Hakam is Rabbanani. That first brasa really is a Rabbanan. Vitar Tachi, the way we would understand the brasa is, Chutzme Eshes Ish, Vishanisis Alpi Bezdin. originally understood the first brasa as saying, These women would not need a get, except for a woman who's an Eshes Ish that did get married based off of Bezdin because they relied on the testimony of one aid. And because the explanation seems to be that the Rabban had agreed to Reb Shimon, and then it wouldn't have made sense for Rav to say halacha, implying someone else argues, but based off of that, no one would have argued. The new way of understanding the Bryce is when it says, Chutzme Ishes Ish, Shanises Halpi Bezdin, we have to add in a Vav before the Shanises. And it's talking about two separate cases. Chutzme Ishes Ish, if she got remarried based off of the testimony of Edim, 
and Vishanisa Salpi Bezdin, another scenario, if she got married based off of Bezdin because of the testimony of one aide, in that scenario as well, she would need to get. But now once again, addressing what Rav Shesha said. The first thing Rav Shesha said was, why is it that someone would argue with this halacha? My Havalalamevad, what did you want her to do? Two Adem had come along and told her that her husband died. Why should she not listen to those Adem? It's not her fault that she remarried the second guy. Of course she's going to rely on those Adem. My Havalalamevad, what do you want her to do? So now we address this. Masav Ula, Ula asked the following question. Do we apply this concept of my Havalalamevad? What did you want her to do? And that's a reason why she would be permitted to the first husband. But Tanan, we have a Mishnah. Let's say the cipher was writing the date on the get. And usually when the date was written on the get, they had to write based off of the year of the king whose reign it currently was. As the second year of this king's reign, the third year of this king's reign, so on and so forth. But what he did is he wrote it from Machos She'ena Hagenes. Machos She'ena Hagenes is referring to Rome. Or L'Shem Machos Madai. Or he wrote it L'Shem Machos Yavan. Or he wrote it based off of Labinian Abayas or L'Chorban Abayas. And it happens to be that he was in Eretz Yisrael. So he should have written it based off of the year of the Jewish king, not off of the Roman king or the Greek king or the Median king or any other king. Let's say Ha'ib and Mizrach, they were in the east because of Meirv and he wrote that they were in the west. Or Meirv because of Mizrach, they were in the west and he wrote they were in the east. This is not a valid get. And let's say she got married based off of this get. She has to leave both husbands, the second one and her original one, and all these things apply to her, meaning all these strict things that we say in the Mishnah apply to her, that's going to apply to her as well. And the question is, why should all these strict things apply to her and that she has to leave both husbands? Lema, why don't we say, what did you want her to do? What did you expect from her? This get was given to her. It's not her fault that she didn't understand this get was wrong. And from the fact that we're very strict with her and we do not give her an easy way out, it must be we do not say, the Gemara says that's not a raya. She really did have something to do because she could have brought this get to a Chacham and she could have had the Chacham read the get for her to make sure there was a proper get. She shouldn't have just relied on it blindly and therefore she did have something to do and that's why we don't apply my Mevad. So Amar Shein Ashi, he tries to bring a raya there's no such a concept of my Mevad. Tashma, the Mishnah tells us a person married his Yavama and then the Tsar went and she married someone else because the Yavama was already taken care of and then it turns out that the Yavama was an islandess which means that the Tsar was not allowed to get married. This Tsara has to leave both husbands and we apply all these stringencies to her. And once again, we ask the same question, Vamai, why are we so strict with the Tzara? We should say, what was she supposed to do? How was she supposed to know that her co-wife who was taking Nibam would turn out to be an islandess? And from the fact that we don't say that, it must be that we cannot say, my The Gemara gives a different answer. That's not a riot because she should have waited. She should have made sure that her co-wife wasn't an islandess before she got married. Since she didn't wait, she doesn't have this excuse. Amr he tries to bring a riot that we do not say, my Tashma, we have another riot from the Mishnah. All the riots that we said, the Pater their Tsaras. For example, if Ruven had married his brother's daughter, his niece, and then he died, so his niece is not going to go to her father Nibam, and then any other wives that Ruven has are Pater as well. So let's say Hochotars Venisu, the Tsar went and married someone else, Venisu Elu Islandess, and then it turns out that Ruven's wife, who was his niece, was an Islandess, and therefore the Tsar really was Chayv in Nibam. So this Tsar has to leave her husband, and we have all these stringencies applied to her. Once again, we ask, well, my name of my we should say, what was she supposed to do? How is she supposed to know? It must be that we do not say, my Havlalamevad. So the Gemara answers, no, she should have waited to make sure that her co-wife, Ruven's niece, wasn't an islandess from the fact that she didn't wait. Really, it's her fault and we're not able to say, my Havlalamevad. The Gemara is trying to bring rise. Let's say the cipher wrote a get for the man and he wrote a shiver, a receipt for the woman. The get is for the man so he could give it to his wife and the shiver, the receipt, is for the woman that once she receives her ksuba, she gives it to the man. And Vitad, the cipher made a mistake. When they came to pick up their respective pieces of paper, the cipher gave the get to the woman and the shiver to the man. And then each one exchanged their pieces of paper. The man thought that he was giving the get to the woman, the woman thought she was giving the shiver to the man, but really the man gave the shiver to the woman and the woman gave the get to the man. 
they both went and got married to other people. And after some time, turns out that the man has the yet and the woman has the shiver. So that means the woman is really never divorced. We're very strict with her. All these things are applied to her. She has to leave both husbands. And once again, we ask the question, we should say, what do you want her to do? From the fact that we're very strict with her, it must be that we do not say, once again, the Gemara answers, no, that's not so. She should have brought what she thought was her get to the Chacham, and the Chacham would have read it for her, and then he would have told her, this is not a get, this is a shiver. So it's really her fault, and that's how we can't say, my Amravashi, he tries to bring Raya Toshma, Shina Shma Let's say the cipher changed his name or her name. Shame Irev, Shame Ira. He changed the name of his city or the name of her city. So it turns out that the get is not valid, but she got married based off this get anyway. with her. Once again, we ask, why is that name of my Havala We should say, what do you want her to do? It's not her fault. And from the fact that we're very strict with her, it must be that we do not say, my Havala Once again, the Gemara answers, she should have brought her get to the Chacham, and the Chacham could have told her that it's not a valid get. Amravina, he's our last attempted raya that we do not say my havlala mevad tashma comes of a get kereach. Let's say he married her with a get kereach, which is not a valid get. She has to leave both husbands and v'chad rachem elubon. We're very strict with her. And once again, we ask, why don't we say my havlala mevad? It must be that we do not say my havlala mevad. The Gemara once again answers, she should have brought this get to someone, and then it would have turned out that it's a get kereach and it's not a valid get. So therefore, it's her fault, and we can't say my havlala mevad. Let's just understand what a get kereach is. There's a type of a get called a get makusher. A few lines are written. It's folded over, sewn, then adim sign, and then it's repeated multiple times. Now, if one of the folds doesn't have signatures, the get is puzzle. So that's what this get kereach is. The get is puzzle. And once again, we're saying it's her fault because she should have brought it to a chacham. So we just had a whole bunch of attempts to prove that we do not say my havlala mevod, but we had rebuffed, we had pushed away all those proofs. So Rav Papa sovereign mevod of the my havlala mevod. Rav Papa wanted to pass in a case based off of my havlala mevod and wanted to permit her to her original husband because of this concept of my havlala mevod. So Amalei Rav Huna braid Rav Yishul Rav Papa. Rav Huna braid Rav told Rav Papa. We have all these Mishnayas that show us that we do not say my Mevid. So Amalei, he said, but what do you mean? Didn't we answer them? Didn't we say that the reason why we don't apply my Mevid in those Mishnayas is because of some other reason? But really, if we have the ability to apply my Mevid, then we would apply it. So Amalei, Rav Huna Breder told him, that's not so because you want to establish the Halacha based off of answers? Meaning, just because we deflected every question posed and explained, and in this case, and in that one, and the other, we can't say my Mevid, that doesn't mean that it's a valid svara to apply, we still don't have sufficient proof that we do say my havlala mevod. So because of what Rav Huna Breder Shua told him, Upasak Rav Papa stopped and he did not say that this woman's allowed to stay married to her original husband because of my havlala mevod. Now we just conclude the Gemara. Amr Avashi tells us, We're not chashish for a kail, we're not chashish for a rumor. Meaning, when Bezin allowed her to get remarried based off of the aegis of one aid, we're not chashish for any rumor that's going to come out about her husband maybe being alive. The Gemara has, Hi Kala, what type of rumor are we talking about? Elim, if you want to say, Kala de Basar Nisuin, that it's a kail, it's a rumor that comes out after she gets married that her husband's really alive. Ravashi already told us about this one time. Ravashi That if she got remarried and there's a rumor that her previous husband's really alive, we don't pay attention to that rumor anyway. So what's Ravashi telling us now? The answer is no. In this particular case, you would have thought since the only way she was permitted to get remarried in the first place is because she came to Bezdin and Bezdin had to say, based off this one aid, okay, you're allowed to get remarried. So then when a call comes out afterwards, Kikala the Kaminisuin dummy is like a call that came out before she got married, Vitisar, and she should be ushered to this new husband of hers, because since we're not really so sure if she's allowed to get married in the first place, and she had to go to Bezin to get the approval to get remarried, now that the call comes out after she gets married, we might say the reason why she had to get the approval from Bezin in the first place to get remarried is because maybe her husband was alive. And see, we have this rumor that her husband really is alive, and she should be ushered to her new husband. Kamashmal, we do not say that since she's
she's already married, we don't have to pay attention to this rumor. We're going to stop here for the day, pick up tomorrow, continue to explain the Mishnah. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.